Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I just associate it with dummies. Mackey and Judd. They think that they're, you know what, don't stink, and they know everything. On 1500 ESPN. Oh, we'll get back to that gopher football discussion later. We're getting a ton of emails and reactions, so. A lot of good passion right. for that program. It was a fired Glad up, to see it. A fired up first hour. If you're wondering, where was Matthew Cother? He's usually on with these guys every, uh, every Tuesday talking Vikings. He'll be on with us at noon today, so uh, schedule change. Matthew Cother in the noon hour talking Vikings and breaking down film and all sorts of stuff. So been thinking a lot about the way that we've sort of framed the offensive success and the the quarterback discussion. And I want to, I want to throw this at you and see what your thoughts are. So you and I both follow Kean Fahey on Twitter. He used to write articles every week, previewing the quarterback matchup for the Vikings on our website, 1500 ESPN.com. Yeah. He's now at ESPN, the mothership, but he's very good. Does a podcast. He's a regular on the Levitard show. And, uh, and, and Kean, yeah, Kean is a quarterback film watching expert and puts out a book every year with all these in-depth analysis on quarterbacks. And it's, it's very good stuff. Now, c- could you disagree and poke holes and stuff? Of course, but he knows what he's watching. He spent three hours on Twitter this past weekend on like Saturday night, just Arguing with people and explaining in video form why he thinks Case Keenum is reckless and why Case Keenum throws far more interceptable passes than actual interceptions, which means the luck's going to run out at some point. I would I would reframe it this way. So I, I respect the work that Keenan Fahey does, and I do think Case Keenum throws more interceptable passes than he's probably been punished for this year. I think that's accurate, but that's not a coincidence. I would frame it this way. The Vikings offense around Case Keenum is so good in most areas, specifically wide receiver. They elevate the quarterback. It's a, it's a rare set of wide receivers and a rare offensive machine around the quarterback that elevates the quarterback as opposed to the other way around. More often than not, it's a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers that has to take a bad offensive line and a couple no-name receivers and a platoon at running back and drive for four touchdowns every game. Mm-hmm. Or you get a backup-ish quarterback into a less-than-ideal infrastructure, and that quarterback throws a bunch of interceptions. But in this case, mm-hmm. and you brought this up before the show, it's a little like the 1998 Vikings and what they did for Randall Cunningham. Cunningham was out of the league. He was a backup. He was out of the league. Uh, even when he was making Pro Bowls, it was mostly because of his speed and his ability to run as a quarterback. It wasn't necessarily sit in the pocket and dissect defenses. But you put him in there with two Hall of Fame wide receivers with a great offensive line, Hall of Fame left guard. Uh, and a coordinator who understands how to use them, which has right. been extremely important. Yes. So I think it's a compliment to the rest of this offense and the offensive coordinator 
and the front office for fixing things that you can put a lot of different guys back there at quarterback, and they're going to thrive in case Keenum's thriving. Uh, so Keenan, uh, essentially, in in a much longer fashion, is trying to say what I've been saying, which is ultimately guys like Case can break your heart because they can throw that one pick at the worst possible time, and you're like, that worked 37 times in a row before today, at which point the defensive back is going for a touchdown. So that that's his point. It's it's Favre like in the sense that he can make reckless decisions that certain years they just seem to work and then they don't and it's oh my god how did that happen? Um, I would also say this though with the way that this offense is going right now and and with how well the parts are are melding together, the conversations here are twofold. One is what is best for this year's Vikings as far as long term as far as you've got a really good defense with an offense that has proven to be very good and is working right now. That's conversation one. The other conversation, completely different, but very important too, is, is this the future? Is this a long-term, have you happened upon something that's going to work for you for three years, or is this a one-year thing? And in this league, what I would say is this. Enjoy number one while it lasts, because as much as we as much as we as fans like to look in sports and say windows open, which means three years in this league, that's not true. 2009 Vikings to 2010. She all came apart. And guess what? Every starter came back. And so there's two very important discussions here to be had, but we can't confuse one and two. We also, I don't think, can dump on the head coach, though, for saying in his heart of hearts, he believes that he potentially has that long-term option, and if I could plug him in now, what would happen? Now, at this point in time, the offense to me is playing so well, and it's working that you don't disrupt it, but they're thinking on a level of what if we put the better quarterback in, but right now, right now, I wouldn't say that Keenum is the perfect quarterback. He's a very good fit for what they're doing offensively. And that starts, once again, with the fact he's got a coordinator who knows how to use him. Uh, the tale of the tape on Case Keenum this season, I went to three different, uh, I guess, I, I looked at three different ways to rank quarterbacks. He's 11th in the league in traditional passer rating, which is just two-dimensional. It doesn't account for high leverage success. It gives you just as much credit for 200 yards in garbage time when your team is down by four touchdowns than it would if you were making those throws in a back-and-forth game against the Seahawks on the road. Okay, So he's 11th in traditional passer rating, which is still very good. In fact, going into the season, if you would have said, hey, Sam Bradford, door number one, 11th in passer rating. Door number two, take your chances. I think we'd all take, whoa, fringe top 10 quarterback with this defense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by that measurement, a fringe top 10 quarterback with this defense and with Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, what do you get? You get a 9-2 and two team going into the final stretch of the season. Now, two other measurements that are very interesting and make you scratch your head a little bit, but it's a testament to Case Keenum and everything we've mentioned, Pat Shermer, the system, the wide receivers. So QBR by ESPN and Football Outsiders both do context-measured uh, systems. So if you did have a big performance in the fourth quarter of a game that was close, that matters more than Blake Bortles three years ago you know, cutting a 31 to 10 game down to 31 24 in the last couple minutes. So, with context and high leverage situations in mind, QBR has Case Keenum as the number one active quarterback in the league 
Mm-hmm. Number one in the league. Mm-hmm. Football Outsiders has him ranked third behind only Tom Brady and Drew Brees. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And so, it's, it's working really, really well. And and I think I've come around, I, I think in in some ways what, what we talked about Friday, or what you brought up is probably true. You are, at some point in time here, you're just going to have to at least internally say Case is the guy. Um, all of that, All of that being said... If you were to ask me the question, do I believe exactly what I'm seeing can now be extrapolated into 18, 19, 20? I don't know, and I'm not sure, but it's working perfectly right. It, or not perfectly. That's too strong. It's working really well right now. Now, now, is Fahey right? Do you see certain throws made where you're like, oh, my God, that could be really bad? Absolutely. And so so the one thing I don't want to hear is if you get into the playoffs and he makes a brutal throw, I don't want I don't want to hear of I can't believe that happened. We've been people who know a lot about this position have been hinting that to us for a long time. It's working right now, but if if unfortunately Keenum makes a throw in the second round or the title game that ends your year, you can't come back and say I'm shocked by that. Yeah, he also showed a bunch of video of Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs just making ridiculous but you know Pass was thrown too far behind them, but they make the catch and still get 10 yards. And you watch the play as you're just watching on TV and you think, oh man, Keenum slung it in there 15 yards and there's Adam Thielen making a catch. Well, it was, it was an inaccurate throw that Thielen, who's one of the best receivers in the league made look fine because he caught it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other receivers, the ball might tip off their hands and that's how you get the tipped interception. So, so again, it doesn't have to just be, well, you guys are bashing Keenum. I think it's, if you're doling out credit accurately, to every piece of the pie here offensively, if it's the Mackey and Judd pie chart of praise, Case Keenum doesn't get quite as large a piece of the pie as Aaron Rodgers for the Packers' offensive success oh, or Tom yes. Brady for the Patriots' offensive success or Drew Brees, etc. Yep. Uh, he gets some, but when Adam Thielen has this big chunk of pie and, and Stefan Diggs and Pat Shermer on the offensive line, that's how I would contextualize it and those pieces it's a little like even the Houston Texans with Matt Schaub remember Matt Schaub had before he went pick six crazy the Vikings loved him at one he time. had a couple big seasons with the Texans and you looked around and it was one of the best defenses in the NFL so they didn't have to score as many points so the pressure's off uh Andre Johnson was was one of the top three receivers in the NFL at that time mm-hmm. they may have had DeAndre Hopkins in there at some point too but he might have come after and you had running backs, and then Matt Schaub was elevated for a couple years and looked l- absolutely legitimate. Then the Vikings did it with Randall Cunningham and, and Twilight Jeff yeah, George thro- as well. Who was throwing jump balls. Yeah, and those guys and deserve credit for sitting I in the would, vehicle and driving it. But. I would love to see a chart if if it's charted of uh, Keenum's inaccurate passes that have been caught, because there have been a ton. There have been a lot. That doesn't mean they're awful passes. It means that they are potentially pickable and that if you put uh, Michael Jenkins back out there, he's going to drop it or not catch it. Yeah. So these two guys, Thielen and Diggs, as the starting point, are catching passes that aren't perfectly thrown. And and that's great, but you do... I think in this, in this day and age, we're so obsessed now, Phil, with quarterback play, and we always just say, well, how's the quarterback? How's the quarterback... The Vikings are doing a very good job of teaching us again that quarterback play is extremely important, but so is the play calling and the guys around him and the protection. There's a lot of things that can make a guy like Case, who who certainly can scramble and make nice plays, but there's a lot of variables that can make a guy like that look really good. So where do we have the Vikings in our pigskin pecking order? 
We both had them a lot higher last week than in previous weeks. Are they top three? Are they top? Are they number one? Where do we have the Vikings ranked in the pigskin pecking order? We will do that when we come back. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. That's right, sports fans. This is 1500 ESPN. Rise and shine, football fans. Dig out the meat and potatoes because it's time for Mackie and Judd's pigskin pecking order. Yes, sir. So much football. This is meat and potatoes, leftover meat and potatoes from whatever it was that you <laughs> were go, getting into is. Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we have our weekly pigskin pecking order, the top 10 teams as ranked according to us. And uh, is it your turn or my I turn? I believe to... it's my turn to go first this All week. Right, I let's, think you uh, went first last week. Let's see what you got. Okay, falling out uh, of my top 10, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, what is Andy Reid, I expected this in the playoffs, not now. So the Chiefs, who, who lost to the Bills, the Chiefs were favored by what, 10, 10 and a half? They're still in first place in that division, That too. division's a hot mess. The Chargers might win that division now. I know, I know. Anyway, Kansas City, see you later, you out. Number 10, staying at 10, the Seattle Seahawks won two of their last three. Uh, they beat the 49ers. They now get Philly on Sunday night in Seattle. That defense is uh, is in bad shape, but at 7-4, and four, Seattle remains number 10. Moving into the rankings for the first time in a few weeks, they used to be very high. They dropped out, and uh, now they're back. The Vikings opponent on Sunday, the 7-4 and four Atlanta Falcons, they've won three in a row. They are plus 35. They seem to be uh, turning things around, so the Atlanta Falcons are 9. And by the way, I do not include the 7-4 the Titans in my rankings, Phil Mackey, because they remain a minus 27 in point differential. Yeah. So I'm not including the Titans because of that, but the Falcons at plus 35 are number 9. Number 8, coming off a loss after they had won uh, four in a row, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who lost to the Cardinals. They're now 7-4. and four. They drop one spot. They now have uh, the advantage of three in a row at home, the Colts, the Seahawks, and the Texans. So Jacksonville, and what remains a very good defense, is number eight. Number seven, up one spot, flip-flopping with the Jaguars. The Carolina Panthers won four in a row. They've got uh, New Orleans now on Sunday on the road, and then the Vikings the week after that. So we're going to learn a lot about the Panthers here in the coming couple weeks. But the Carolina Panthers at eight and three move up one spot. Moving down one spot, the New Orleans Saints, who fall to 8-3. and three. Uh, They lost a close game on Sunday to the Rams. That ends their eight-game win streak. They now have Carolina at home and then at Atlanta coming up in the next two weeks. So they are another team with a tough couple games. But the Saints drop one spot because, going up one spot, the Los Angeles Rams, also 8-3, and three, who just beat the... Uh, Beat the Saints after losing to the Vikings. The Rams are number five. Number four, six victories in a row, including one that was very close against the Packers on Sunday. A team that you could argue maybe should be above the Vikings. They beat the Vikings, but I've got them staying at number four at nine and two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's because I leave the Vikings winning seven in a row, including back-to-back games now against the Rams and Lions. At number three, number two, the 10-1 and one Eagles, who have won nine consecutive games and just thrashed the Bears. And number one, the New England Patriots, who have won seven in a row and are 9-2. and two. So my top ten, Patriots, Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Rams, 
Six through ten, Saints, Panthers, Jaguars, Falcons, and Seahawks. All right, you and I, there's some some differences here. We have the same ten teams, I believe. It's that I think the line is pretty easy to draw. It, depending on where you slot the teams is different, but sure. Chiefs fall out, Lions too inconsistent, not enough defense, uh, Cowboys too ravaged, and they've lost too many games now. I'm with you on the Titans. I want to see them prove it a little bit more. They're still, you know, they're tied for that division right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say the Titans would probably be my 11th team. And then um, the Jaguars are my 10th team right now. So they start my pigskin packing order. Blake Bortles, they they lost the game. Blake Bortles is really the only thing holding them back from being a potential AFC championship game caliber team. I mean, if they had any sort of competent Case quarterback. Keenan, maybe? Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to see him in that infrastructure. He's He's been perfect for this one. But um, if they had somebody more reliable than Blake Bortles, yep. you'd have them in the conversation for AFC Championship game. I don't think they're going to beat the Patriots, but but you'd have them in the mix. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Carolina Panthers. Four straight wins, now tied for the division lead. Very schizophrenic Jekyll and Hyde team, so we'll see how the, the stretch run plays out for them. But the Carolina Panthers, number nine in my pecking order. I have the Seahawks, number eight. Russell Wilson... He did throw an interception on his first pass yesterday against the 49ers, but uh, for the most part, Russell Wilson in the mix for MVP conversation. That's a Seahawks team that before the injuries, you could see them making a run and maybe still coming out of the NFC and and representing in the Super Bowl. Going to be tough if they're going to have to go on the road maybe three times leading up to the Super Bowl. And that secondary is pretty decimated, yep. Yeah, like you're going to play. I mean, they could still win the division, but... If not, you're going to be playing maybe at Vikings, maybe at Falcons or something. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, I, I have them dropping even with the win. The Pittsburgh Steelers played down to the level of their competition wow. way too much for me. All right. That's just, how are you almost losing to an Aaron rodgers list Packers team at home and almost to a Colts team like three weeks ago without Andrew Luck and ready to fire its head coach? They've, they've had to pull off late field goals to All win right. those games, so... You know, they're still seventh, but if I'm ranking them compared to some of these other championship contenders and they look that bad against teams that have no business in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I have to factor that in in these rankings. So it's not just about the six straight wins. What do you look like in those games? Steelers number seven now. They drop out of my top five. Number six, New Orleans Saints. It's fun to have them back in the mix playing big games. Uh, Drew Brees, it's fun to see him. Late 30s, almost 40 years old. Another chance to win a Super Bowl. Number five, Los Angeles Rams. Not quite on the same. If I have tiers for NFC teams, I think Rams are now slightly below Vikings after that loss and Eagles. So they're in kind of that next tier in the NFC. Sure. I have the Falcons jumping up to number four. Wow. Three straight wins, including a win at Seattle. They also have a win over Green Bay with Rodgers earlier in the year. They thrashed So them. if you're looking at their resume, they took a nap there for like three straight weeks in uh, late September, early October. But they're scoring points again, 34 points. They're, they're scoring 30-plus on a regular basis here. And uh, they're tallying some wins against good teams. They're putting away a Dallas team they should have. And so the Falcons, based on what they did last year, what they look like now, and the run they've been on, jump up into my top five. And then number three, Minnesota Vikings. I'm with you on that. Very consistent performances. I mean, maybe the last two months, the most consistent team right there with the Eagles and the NFC. And then the Eagles, number two, they haven't played a close game in like, what, two months? Yes. When's the last time the Eagles played a a nail-biting game? I'd have to look. It's it's probably been a while, yeah. And then number one, the New England Patriots. So Patriots, Eagles, Vikings, 
Falcons, Rams, Saints, Steelers, Seahawks, Panthers, and Jaguars. And I would say of those teams, seven or eight wouldn't shock me if they won the Super Bowl. It's pretty wide open. The AFC, Patriots or Steelers. The NFC, I mean, Eagles, Vikings. So if Eagles, Vikings, Falcons, Rams, Saints, Seahawks, if those are your playoff teams, and I'm missing somebody, uh, it's going to be either Carolina or Seattle or Atlanta. So um, you could make a case for any of those teams. Drew Brees winning a Super Bowl, yes. Uh, the Rams, maybe a year or two early. I was going to say, and, I don't know if Jared Goff wins yeah. one this year. But uh, Matt Ryan, you know, any of these teams are going to have to run into the New England who, Patriots. Who you got in that Vikings Falcons game now on Sunday when we do our picks on Friday? We'll see. You've got a couple more days to. This to is going to be. This, this two game stretch now is, is very intriguing. Yes. If you split it yeah. and then run the table your last three games, you're 13 and three and have a real shot at home field advantage if, throughout. If you split it, you should be very happy. Yeah, because Philadelphia has at Very Seattle, happy. at Rams. Mm-hmm. I believe they also have to play Oakland, um, Dallas, which isn't going to be a pushover game. So could could the Vikings... Talking about home field, is that what you're talking about? Could the Vikings, who are a game back of Philly, yep. could they get four of their last five, Eagles go three and two, and then the Vikings, you have to do the math mm-hmm. on this, but they need the conference record tiebreaker. Their Eagles haven't lost a conference game well, yet. Well, you end with what? Bengals, Packers, Bears, right? Yeah, then it'd be about tiebreakers, though, yeah, if the Eagles right. lost two. So, very interesting. I, I think if you split these next two, you're very, very happy if, if you're the Vikings, yeah. at least quietly. Dave, what kind of stuff do you got for us? A lot of good stuff. NFL press conferences were interesting yesterday. Odd questions, odd answers, sometimes no questions and no answers, and we've got to talk about the smell as well. Becky and Judd are back. Okay, let's not scare the children. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. Sounds like press conference stuff, Dave Harrigan. Yeah, a lot went on. Let's start with the post game last night. Monday Night Football, it was Ravens over Texans. Tom Savage uh, threw for 250 yards and a loss, but also uh, three turnovers, a couple interceptions and a fumble. Let's check in on the Tom Savage press conference. Good. Good. Great. Hey, thanks for your time, Tom. Appreciate that. You know, nobody was there. You know, I was watching his brother uh, Fred Savage in that Netflix show last night. Yeah, I was watching Ben Savage. Friends from college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess if you're ranking the Savage performances from what we watched yesterday, Tom Savage has to be third. You, has to be third. You guys didn't watch the wild debacle? Come on. Uh, no. That was so much fun to watch. No, the meltdown. I, I was watching Ben, and then I caught a little of Uncle Randy. Uh, he was fantastic. With some old, old, old clips. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, here's the here's the difference between you versus me and Dave when it comes to the Wild. Mm-hmm. We have sports standards. The Wild has been bounced before the third round of the playoffs five straight years. Best player is out, and they've failed to cultivate an up-and-coming rising star. And they give you crap like that on a regular basis. 
and have infighting and coach ripping the team and FSN trying to put a bow on it all. And I refuse to lower my sports standards to watch that garbage. Draw a line, Judd Solgad. I absolutely will Draw not. Draw a line. I, you know, you know you, me. You you spend there's, more hours at the X. You know supporting me. Supporting a team. There's that breaks no your car heart. accident I don't enjoy. Head-on collisions, broadside. It don't matter. It's a sport. It's not even an accident, though. You're just a farm animal going back to the trough for more slop. <laughs> Say what you want. I enjoy it. Oh, hey, there's Russo. Oh, that's great. <laughs> And there was Chuck Pagano of the Colts. At some point, do you ever worry that this is going to become a mental issue for your players? Because it's, you know, kind of like Groundhog's Day. It's over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that song played, you know, woke up to that this morning. Is that Sonny and Cher? Huh? I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Yeah. Went down, got my coffee, said hello to the what's-her-name, the little gal in the coffee shop. Stole the money out of the back of the truck, drove my truck off the, you know, into the tar pit or whatever, off the landfill. <laughs> Jumped off a building, lived through it. Did you see the movie? Did you ever see the movie, Groundhog Day? What do you guys do? You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. Bill Murray, come on. I jumped off the roof at my home this morning. I still, like, it's, it's, I'm not, it's not going away. That is so sad that no one really got it. You like how? And they set him up. Uh, did I hear that guy in the background? I'm not really a Bill Murray guy. Yes. I did hear that. You're a heathen. Yes. I'm not a Bill Murray guy. You're not an American. I'm a journalist, so I'm not a Bill Murray guy. I don't approve of Bill Murray. <laughs> How can you not be a Bill Murray guy? Groundhog Day released 24 years ago. Yeah. Is it to the point where you can't really make fun of anybody for not seeing that movie, though? I feel like it's on so often, though. It's one of those classics. It wasn't like it popped up and then no one ever saw it again. It's on all the time. Pagano was asked the question specifically with Groundhog Day, though. I I feel like if you set someone up with that question, you should know when the comeback comes from what the question was. But I think it's to the point where it's almost a societal thing where you can reference it, you know, like Star Wars. You can make a Star Wars reference without knowing anything about Star Wars. Yeah, just, Groundhog you know, people just assume. Is it possible that there were people nervously sitting in that audience, maybe even PR people for the Colts, that heard him talking about driving his truck off a cliff <laughs> and jumping in front of yes. like a bus? Don't do it, Chuck. Oh my God! Somebody give Chuck some help. How bad are things? Pagano's threatening suicide. <laughs> And you thought those were odd. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Head coach Doug Peterson dealing with this question about his quarterback. Jeffrey said at the beginning of the year that the young quarterback, when he starts his first year, he you know, learns what he learns. His second year, he makes a, a few more steps. But his third year and fourth year is when he kind of explodes. Have we seen maybe a premature explosion, or is there still an explosion? Um... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's regroup here. Let's regroup. Oh, oh come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, do reporters understand how dumb they sound more often than not in these press conferences? I'm tempted. What in the world? I'm tempted to think that. He wasn't said trying reporter, for the punchline there, right? I'm, try, I'm tempted to think that said reporter might have been offered 50 bucks to ask the question that way. I don't think so. I think it was just stumbling your way through a cliche question. Hey, the first we, year, second year. I think he might have been paid off. That's all I'm saying. Woo! 
I think there's a very good chance of that. I don't know how you stumble across the yeah. phrase premature explosion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know if that's oh, a cliche, man, except knows? in the porn world. That's uh, well, <sighs> trouble in Chicago. Aside from the football team just sucking, the Bears returned to the uh, headquarters yesterday to watch film regroup from another loss. One reporter called it wretched. Another used the term awful. Another, vile and eye-watering. You smell that? That would be the stench that was coming from Hallis Hall as the Bears re-enter the building, and that would be the smell of decomposing fish. You say violent eye-watering? Vile oh, and eye-watering. Oh. Coach John Fox indicated the source of the smell is spoiled sushi that was served late last week. This according to the Chicago Tribune. Apparently, it was not disposed of sufficiently while Hallis Hall was quiet over the Thanksgiving yeah, holiday. Yeah, that is... Uh... That's 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 five or six day old. That's why you want the garbage taken out all of the time, even on Thanksgiving Day. Is that your job at home, or is that not in your job list at home? Garbage? Yeah, garbage. Very much my job. You're the garbage guy. Oh, very, very much my job. I am really good too. I am on top of that. Is it your job? Do you have to clear off the plates into the garbage, or is that Dawn? Uh, No, that's me. No, no, I'm dishes, garbage. Yeah, it it's all me, and I'm really good. I tell you what, there is never a vile smell. At our house, that's caused by stale food. Just by you. There, oh, didn't say that. I just said <laughs> stale food. Uh, Mike Francesa, the king of New York sports radio, he's wrapping up a career here in about a month. He's not done yet, though, boys. He is far from done. He hates fun, first of all. Oh, let's see what today's theme is. Okay, the theme is turkey dinner. Okay, great. All right, you got. Give me a break. They're having, look, they're eating. What is this? What are we watching here? Sesame Street? Or are we watching the NFL? We're having a theme. Let's see what the theme is. Okay, all the players are gathered around the table. Look, they're taking a turkey out of the oven. Give me a break. I mean, this is football, isn't it? I mean, please. This cannot be what this league wants. This clown of a commissioner. You cannot tell me that's what you want this league to represent now. We kneel for the national anthem. Now we put skits on after touchdowns. That was pretty good. I think there was even a better rant yesterday. His feelings about Dean Blandino now with the Fox broadcast. He is awful. Every time I've seen him, he's been wrong. He has not one time been right. Why have him guess? And then you know what he said? I deserve half credit. Half credit. This is the guy who used to run the league. You shouldn't be there. There's one man who can do that job right. One. Everyone else is awful at it. Stop trying to find another guy. There's one guy who can do it, and that's it. Okay. Now that you know, I'm fine with the second rant because I think Mike Pereira is about the only guy who's really good in that position, which is a hard position because you have to focus on all the angles and stuff. Yeah. Can we get rid of like old, crusty, fun police media guys, though? How dare anyone have fun or be boisterous in sports? We must hand the ball to the referee, and we must have our head coaches in college football be bumps on logs. Who fall asleep at the dinner table. Like Sports Pope's come going on. out on Sports Pope's terms. He's gonna go out on his terms, baby. God. His last show is gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be everything that's maybe he'll mix in two naps during the show that's for his last ticked one. Him off for the last thirty five or forty years. <gasps> everything. Is he just gonna mother bleep everybody oh, on the yeah. last show? He's gonna make 
Make Patrick seem like a walk in the park. You might do an hour on Craig Carton. It'll be unbelievable. You might. Uh, were you watching Raw last night, Phil? I was not watching Raw last night. Oh, well, then you missed a very interesting chant coming from the crowd while oh. some random match was going on. I don't even know who was wrestling because the chant wasn't about the match because the match happened to be in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, no. At the moment, Noam Dar really looking to make his mark in the cruiserweight division. Maybe the most technically gifted superstar in the entire cruiserweight roster. That would be Fire Curry, as in the AD. Oh, yeah. How about that whole situation? Uh, is Chip going to be in? Chip's, Chip might be so. in tomorrow, actually. I hope so, because I feel bad for Chipper. It might be a day early Chip. The only yeah. team he still likes is just breaking his heart on a daily Boy. basis now. now when <laughs> He had to write a column on them in today's Star Tribune, <laughs> for God's sake. Poor I mean, you Chip. could make a case, if you're a Tennessee fan, being really disappointed just in the resume of Greg Schiano. And then you mix in all the other stuff, like the Penn State ties. I think that's a little over the top. That, that There's been a lot of stuff written about uh, sort of exonerating Greg Schiano there. But just in terms of the coaching side of it, how big of a buzzkill would it be if your team hired Greg Schiano? Nope, and, nobody, and nobody wants your job. They can't find anybody they like to take that job. That's how bad things are. And it's Scoggins team. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I feel bad that you guys missed the show yesterday, a Monday after a Packers loss. And we did a little bit of this with Chris Long and Brian Murphy filling in, but I feel like you guys, you know, you work hard. You deserve it, too. Go, Pack, go! I don't believe in moral victories, man. That, that's a loser's mentality because I'll tell you what. They had a minute and 20 seconds, and what do they do? Run, run, run. That, that, I want Mike McCarthy fired. I'm sorry. I don't care. I might be in the majority, but he sucks, and I'm going to go because I'm so freaking pissed off that I want I want to punch him right in his big, fat mouth. <laughs> go, Pat, go! No, oh, he's not it. Case Keenum, but can he be Case Keenum? Yes. Yes, he can. Yes, Harley can. Can he be better than Osweiler? Yes, he can. Should I go on all the other quarterbacks? Can he be like Tyron? Yeah. Yes, he can. But them jokers ain't won on Super Bowl. But yeah, he can be like those cats. Right. Can he win a Super Bowl for you? No. Go, Pat, go. They're turning on each other. This is glorious. <laughs> They're, so They're turning on each other. Are we to the point where Packers fans have Case Keenum envy now? Yes, we are. Case let, Keenum envy. Let me. He let, could be as good as Case. Let me just say that I might have had beers on Friday night with a noted columnist from the state who said exactly that. Packer fans are now going to Ted and saying, why couldn't you find Case Keenum? Mm. For the first time in how long, Wisconsinites are looking at us, picking up their beer and saying, I want your quarterback. And what they don't understand is, in fact, we should come back and, and touch on this. Just real quick, off, off of that last little Packer Ventline rant. What Packer fans don't understand about what the Vikings are doing. Mackie and Judd, uh, we can get back to our, our lively PJ Fleck conversation from the 9 o'clock hour. And Derek Wetmore will join us at around 11.30 for some juicy Twins off-season hot stove reports and rumors. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad. So behind that peaceful countenance, there's, 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 uh, they're up to no good. Not only they're peaceful, Patrick, but they're really, really stupid. Uh, there's <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN. Visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul, and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor, artificially chilled 
ice skating rink in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. It's open seven days a week, located in the heart of the city. Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. More details can be found at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. The over-dramatic statements by some people of everything sucks gets on your nerves. Because everything doesn't suck. That's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you look yeah. at it realistically and say, you know what? Yeah. It, it was Because you can't say Hunley played pretty well and then say, oh, McCarthy sucked the whole night. Because right. who the hell called the plays? Okay? Right. That's a dumbass statement. No, he's not Case Keenum, but can he be Case Keenum? Yes. Yes, he can. Yes, Hunley can. Can he be better than Osweiler? Yes, he can. Should I go on all the other quarterbacks? Can he be like Tyrod? Yeah. Yes, he can. But them jokers ain't won on Super Bowl. But, yeah, he can be like those cats. Right. Can he win a Super Bowl for you? No. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> They're falling apart. They, they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, They're infighting bad. so many shareholders, owners. It's been so many years, they don't know what to do. <sighs> They're presented with a quarterback who's just ordinary, and they have no clue how to handle it. They have Case Keenum Envy yes. in Green Bay right now and all across Wisconsin. Yes. And what they don't get is, let's say you replace Brett Hundley with Case Keenum. The, the Packer fans are wondering... And they're they're banging on Ted Thompson's door, rightfully so. They should be banging on Ted Thompson's door, but about other things like defense and offensive line and all those things. And they think that if Case Keenum were their backup, that they would be winning these games. And what they don't realize is, while they sat back and let Aaron Rodgers carry that team for nine years to playoff appearance after playoff appearance with a shoddy rest of the roster, the Vikings, to their credit while looking for the most important position in the NFL and in sports, Mm -hmm. have been building the rest of their roster, Mm -hmm. their defense, first-round picks, second-round picks, coaching those players up, not whiffing on those picks. They've whiffed on a couple here and there, like wide receivers, but they've built up the rest of their roster to the point where a Case Keenum or even a Brett Hundley, if that was the Vikings' backup quarterback, could come in and throw passes to Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and win games without the franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't know like about to- Brent, but but I see your point. And and they've built up, they've done. They finally did a good job of finding a quarterback who could fit in a system that's that's really well run. But I love the fact Packer fans now are just basically turning on each other as we speak because they think it's so unfair. Go Pack, go! I'm heartbroken, and here's why I'm heartbroken: <laughs> because I've been on this poor kid for the last four weeks. And I almost want to cry because that kid played his heart out tonight. Absolutely played his heart out tonight. And you know what killed him? McCarthy. And it pains me. Like, honest to God, my lower lip is quivering for this kid. Never mind the 57-yard field goal, which was absolutely ridiculous. What was that play call? Williams was averaging at least, what, five? I mean, you were running the ball on these guys all night. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's third and one. And you call that sideways, whatever the hell it was, to Cobb. Go, Pat, go! <laughs> Every July, they hold the shareholders meeting. You know, they all gather together at Lambeau, slap each other on the back, talk about how great the Packers are. Ted Thompson says we're going to be great. Imagine if they had the meeting today. 
oh. get 60,000 in a Lambeau field, all just screaming at each other, fights breaking out all over the place. God, it would be joyous. All liquored up. Oh, oh. yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, Steve showing up. Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or, hey, Bill. I'm, I'm You're Steve. On the way. I, there you go. I am Steve. But there you go. <laughs> Who? Who is drunker, the Steve who called, who's clearly drunk, or the first caller that you played um, in the uh, stuff segment? That first call that you play, that guy is—I can't figure out who is more. I don't believe in moral victories, man. That—that's a loser's mentality. Because I'll tell you what, they had a minute and twenty seconds, and what do they do? Run, run, run. I want Mike McCarthy fired. I'm sorry. I don't care. I might be in the majority, but he sucks, and I'm going to go because I'm so freaking pissed off that I want I want to punch him right in his big fat mouth. That's definitely at least a sixer of MGD. Oh, but I think Steve was deep in the old Milwaukee. Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or hey, Bill. I'm. I'm You're Steve. On the way. I, there you I, go. I'm Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I am Steve. Case Keenum Envy. Case Why didn't Ted Keenum sign Case? Envy. They want to know. Damn it, they want answers. If you could explain to a Packer fan, friend, or family member 10 months ago during the NFL offseason, hey, I'm looking ahead into the old uh, green and gold crystal ball. You guys are going to have Case Keenum Envy come Thanksgiving time. They would have laughed oh, you right man. out of there. Amazing.